From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, joined by Uncle Funky Larry Jones. And November is National Epilepsy Awareness Month. And the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas um, is on the line with us to uh, educate us uh, on epilepsy and um, seizures and all of the common neurological conditions that uh, come with that. So please welcome to the program the program grant coordinator of the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas, Ms. Latasha Jackson. Good morning. Good morning. How are you all? We're doing great. And we are also joined by your assistant director of the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas, Rebecca Moreau. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you all for being here. With uh, November being National Epilepsy Awareness Month, um, you are bringing awareness to us because um, I didn't know that November was Epilepsy Awareness Month. Um, Tell us, well, let's just start with the basics. Um, What is is, um, epilepsy and, and, and what causes epilepsy? Those are great questions. So epilepsy is really um, a a condition of recurrent seizures. So if you have one seizure, um, it might be because, you know, a high fever or, you know, something that's causing you to have a seizure. But if you have more than one seizure, um, that is a condition called epilepsy. Um, What causes seizures? There are known causes of seizures, such as strokes, um, febrile seizures, um, uh, brain tumors, brain lesions. Um, But for many folks, about 60% of folks, they will never know what caused um, them to have epilepsy. Mm. And um, I I understand that one in 26 people in the U.S. uh, will develop epilepsy. That's correct. About 3.4 million people currently have epilepsy in the United States, and one in 26 will develop it in their lifetime. So um, a really high amount of people, and it's it's really interesting to go out and, and visit people um, in health fairs and at our at our walks and just out in public, and you talk about epilepsy, and they'll say, yeah, my niece has it or my my son had epilepsy, and but people don't hear about it because it's there's such a stigma attached to it, and um, people keep it under wraps because, you know, if they're an adult, they're afraid I'm going to lose my job, or um, people are going to not be, you know, not want to hang around me anymore, and that sort of thing. So, what is the onset of epilepsy or, or one having seizures? Like, is is it just a gradual? development? Is it something that um, one is born with? How, how does this all start? So it's, it's usually very much a surprise um, when you uh, start to have seizures. You, you're, you're not expecting it. Um, it's a reverse bell curve, really. Um, you can get seizures at any time in your lifetime. It, it doesn't have a timetable on it, but most onsets are going to happen when 
um, in childhood and in the elderly. Um, but it can, like I said, it can happen anytime. Mm-hmm. And do we know like the, the causes of why one would have a seizure? Is it just like some sort of, um, neurological imbalance um yeah, because so, i've seen people you know kind of you know lock up and you know <laughs> shake like what causes that right so um you can think about it as an electrical storm in your brain so your brain has electricity in it and there's an electrical storm that'll go off and it'll be in a certain part of the brain and wherever it's happening in the brain is what your body is going to do. So like you said, you've seen somebody seize up and convulse and that's called a tonic-clonic seizure. Um, that's not the most common type of seizures. There's actually 43 um, different types of seizures. Um, mm. You know, some types of seizures, a person will stare off into space almost like they're daydreaming. That's called an absent seizures. Some um, people will look like they're dazed and that they're walking around or like they're almost um, in a trance-like state. Um, that It's called a focal unaware seizure. They're unaware that they're doing this sort of thing, but they're actually having a seizure. And it just depends on what part of the brain that electrical activity is taking place. Hmm. That is um, very interesting. Uh, I'm at a loss for words. Anki, you got a question for the, for the ladies? Well, no, I, I was just going to relate that in the seventh grade, my science teacher had a seizure. And they, I, I happened to see her lean, and we really didn't know what was going on, but they said put a pen or a pencil in her mouth so her tongue wouldn't roll back. What was that? that? So that is actually a myth. You <laughs> never put anything in a person's mouth who is having a seizure. You can, it is physically impossible to swallow your tongue. And so um, it used to happen in the hospitals that um, way back in, probably when you're talking about your teacher, probably in the hospitals during those times, they would have a tongue dispenser taped above the people's bed and they would use that tongue dispenser. But that's been proven a myth. Never, ever put anything in somebody's mouth who's having a seizure. Remember, I'm talking 1967, (laughs) 68. Yeah, and they were... And they were... Who was scared (laughs) because his favorite teacher just went into this thing and we're like well what do we do what do we do yeah well you were following the best medical advice at that time and and so you were you were right on at that time and now now we've learned that you know it's a myth and and now we know that we shouldn't shouldn't do that and that's and that's why we should you know everybody can learn seizure first aid and maybe latasha can tell you a little bit about um about seizure first aid and and um and how you can help people who are having seizures. Okay, well, for both ladies, before we get there, just quickly, does diet have anything to do with this or lack of nutrition in in our bodies, that minerals minerals that might trigger some of this? Um, No, not not really. Um, There is there are types of diets that can help can be a treatment for this. So. 
Um, I know everybody's on the keto diet right now, but there's actually the ketogenic diet um, in a scientific realm, in a nutritional realm through a medical provider can be a medical treatment for epilepsy um, along with a modified Atkins diet and and, um, some other diets. So um, some diets can be a treatment for epilepsy, but only through a medical provider. Hmm. You know, what's fascinating to me is that you said it's physically impossible for someone to swallow their tongue when they're having uh, an epileptic seizure. And throughout my entire life, like, that's what we have heard. And yes. um, and to know that that is a myth is just like, whoa. <laughs> when what I else have we been working... told wrong? <laughs> yes. When I started working for the Epilepsy Foundation, I thought the same thing. Wow. Well, yeah, but uh, Latasha, you um, you had some things you wanted to add. Yeah, I wanted to add that. Um, so here at the foundation, uh, we offer free <laughs> seizure first aid to anyone who would like to gain the knowledge to be able to help someone during the time of a seizure. And um, the school nurses are required in uh, the state of Texas to have seizure first aid. So we offer a lot of seizure first aid to school nurses and school personnel, but not only school nurses and school personnel. It's family, friends, uh, businesses for staff who may be working and diagnosed with uh, epilepsy. So we will go pretty much everywhere to offer training. Trainings are uh, given in person and virtual uh, since COVID. We have done a lot of virtual training um, to just get information and uh, the community certified. Mm-hmm. Um, you're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. Uh, we are talking to Natasha Jackson and Rebecca Moreau from the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas, with November being National Epilepsy Awareness Month. Um, what are some of the challenges that people with epilepsy face? I, I know hiding the disorder um, is one. There's a there was a couple of shows, uh, TV series on you know uh, certain streaming platforms that I have been watching, and um, two of the shows. One of the characters uh, in both shows uh, were having seizures, and they hid it. They would have an episode, and they would go off into another room and wait for it to pass or try to open up their pill bottle to, you know, take said medication to uh, try to stop the seizure um, from happening. And and it made me think, like, wow, um, I wonder how many people have this disorder and are um, hiding it. So um, what are some of the challenges that these people face? So um, one of the challenges, as you mentioned, is uh, individuals hiding it. Another challenge uh, is that kids face is bullying um, because they're not aware of what's going on and, you know, making fun of the child while having a seizure in a school setting uh, can be a Huge challenge. Mm. And I would, I would say for adults, it's really, um, centered around losing your independence. Um, if you have a seizure at work, what is your boss going to think about you? 
Does that mean that you're going to lose your job? Um, you know, you have a seizure, and in the state of Texas, it says, you know, for three months, if if you're having an active seizures for three months, um, you cannot drive. And so how do you get to work, and how do you keep on, you know, making the money that you need to get the medical treatment that you need for your, for your um, condition? And so I think it really does, you know, center around the independence and your livelihood and making sure that your family is safe and making sure that you can still get the medical care that you need for your condition. So, ladies, does the foundation have seminars or ongoing programs or webinars that people can get more information on? How how does that work? So the foundation has several support groups um, that we offer monthly, actually, for parents um, living with children with epilepsy for and for adults as well. Um, we offer the education. We offer camps for uh, kids up to the age of 21 um, for kids living with epilepsy. And we also have clinics that a lot of people don't know about um, around Texas. Uh, we have clinics in Houston, Dallas, Amarillo, and Beaumont um, for individuals that have low to no income and can't find resources. Because uh, in some cases, a lot of people do go through, uh, like Rebecca mentioned before, the uh, process or the issues with not being able to work surrounding their seizures. So they may lose their job. They may lose their benefits and income as well. So have we shared a website or any social media information? Sure. So we are uh, Epilepsy Foundation of Texas on Facebook and Instagram. And the website is www.eftx.org. Any information, if you have additional questions, concerns, or needing resources, we have a information and resources option for you to send us an email. It'll come directly to myself or uh, one of the staff at the foundation, we usually answer within a 24 to 48 hour time period to get you the information that's needed. Um, if you want to reach out to me directly, it's Jackson at eftx.org. Um, and I'm also connected uh, as a facilitator in the parent support group. Mm. I have a question about um, these seizures and it made me think of the rapper uh, Rick Ross and Lil Wayne who have publicly uh, or it's been publicly reported um, that they have had multiple um, seizures be it at home or uh, while in flight uh, from one destination to the other. Does heavy marijuana smoking cause um, uh, one of the many different types of seizures that you all had explained um, earlier in the conversation? Um, I can't speak on marijuana. I mean, we do in the state of Texas, um, CBD is a is legal and is people with epilepsy are able to get that through um the Compassionate Use um, Act. 
so I we know that that is being so the used CBD as a helps treatment. Them with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I can't speak to the T- THC and mar- mm-hmm. yeah of marijuana, but I will say that alcohol um, is known to high level of alcohol use is known to cause seizures. So when we go to speak to college students, we always say, you know, one of the reasons why we're speaking to you is because you may see somebody have a seizure at 2.30 in the morning when you're coming out of the, the bars, you know, because, you know, pe- people using a bunch of alcohol. So um, so alcohol use is, is known to be a big issue for with seizures. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of the medical science, um, with the advances that we have had since <laughs> the 60s, <laughs> as Larry yes. was sharing his story <laughs> up until um, present day, um, especially with this being a neurological uh, condition, what strides have been made to offset, if not possibly eliminate uh, these things since it kind of starts in the brain. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing what's going on right now. Um, you know, we have now devices that can be implanted into a person's brain where the seizures are, and it is a little mini computer that is calculating, you know, what's going on in the brain and um, letting the neurologist know, like a little EEG um, coming out and letting the neurologist know like what the brain activity is and trying to prevent seizures from happening um, right from inside the brain. Um, they can do surgery with lasers, lasers now and um, ablate the or take away the part of the brain that's causing seizures um, with a laser. So technology is really catching up and hopefully we get to a point where one day we have devices that are predicting seizures so that they don't happen. Um, and so it's, it's really amazing where, where the science is going right now. And speaking of pre- um, predicting seizures, what should everyday people uh, look for in a person um, with the onset of them having a seizure? Um, for them to stay safe, we would definitely say, first of all, that they would be taking all of their medicine every day on time and that they would be getting plenty of sleep and as less stress as possible. Those three things will help them um, keep down the, the seizures. Um, if they are having a seizure, we want people to remember three things. Stay safe and side. So if you see a person having a seizure, stay with them um, until they're safe and you want to time the seizure. Um, you want to make sure that they're safe. So if there's anything around their neck or anything around them that could hurt them, you want to move that away from them. And then you want to put them on their sides. If they're convulsing, put them on their side. Um, so if they vomit or if they have any saliva, 
um, happening. That's a lot that it could come out of their mouth and not down their throat. And then stay with them till the end so you can let them know what happened during their seizure and um, let, them, let them know that they're safe. A seizure is going to last more than likely one to three minutes, and it's going to be over. At five minutes, it's an emergency. So not every seizure is an emergency. A person who has epilepsy is going to have a seizure, um, but not all of them are emergencies. So stay safe inside. Indeed. Well, thank you, ladies, for your time. Yes, ma'am. Um, we have learned a lot here uh, with November being National Epilepsy uh, Awareness Month. And, um, and, and give the website and your social one more time. The website is www.eftx.org, and I direct contact for myself, Latasha Jackson, is ljackson at eftx.org. All right, ladies, we, we always speak a blessing over our guests because of the tremendous amount of information, and you, without a doubt, have shed a light on a lot of people listening this morning. So we thank you for your time and continued success in helping the community. Yes, thank you so much for having thank us. Thank you so much. On behalf of KG Smooth, this Uncle Foncularity Jones. That wraps up this portion of the podcast. We'll be right back after this.